Uh, it may, I don't know, I say it may be more teaching than preaching. I'm going to try to just obey the Lord this morning. Uh, but I want you to hear my heart today. But more importantly, the heart of the Lord. I am going to, uh, I, I'm, I'm in no manner want to sound negative today. Uh, but I do want to sound the alarm and I want to be real. And, uh, you know, if somebody always tells you you're altogether lovely, even when you're really messing up, that's really not much of a friend. And they really don't have your best interest at heart. Sometimes we have to hear the hard truth, uh, but we have to hear it in love. So today I'm going to do my best to deliver to you uh, from a place of love, but from a place of where I'm really weighted by the Spirit of the Lord and have been for some days. Uh, and I'm not thinking a generation before is better than the current generation or anything of that nature. So I don't want you to let your mind run rampant, but I want you to have an ear to hear and a heart to receive what God says. It's not about what I say, but it's about the word of the Lord. And what I'm going to deliver with the help of the Lord today is I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, but I want you to allow the spirit of the Lord and the word of the Lord uh, to, to speak to you today. Okay. It's uh, it, I think it's that important uh, because we need a change. Amen. Our, our children, our grandchildren, they need to have a real authentic move of God. And, uh, and, and that's what I'm after. Um, I, I'm not here to, I hope you like me, but I'm not here to make you like me this morning. Okay. I'm not going to tell you 50 times today in the midst of my message over the next 35, 40 minutes. And some of, don't you dare laugh. I can do it in 35 minutes maybe. But uh, I'm not going to tell you 50 times to give your neighbor a high five. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have no gimmicks today. I don't. I, I'm just going to give you what, what the word of the Lord says. Is that all right? So now you're all scared to death. But Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 12. I'm just going to give you one verse to lay a foundation this morning. Are we ready? Proverbs 30, verse number 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes. And yet is not washed from their filthiness. I want us to read it again. Read it with me if you would this morning. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege that we have to speak your word. And today, Father, I pray for the next few moments that not only would your word come forth from this vessel that's full of flaw and error, but Lord, I pray that your word would come forth from this vessel in love and humility, but also with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that where our ears would not just hear, but that our hearts, our spirit man would hear as well and that if there is an area in our lives that needs to be dealt with today that this would be the day where we would hear and respond and we'll give you the glory and the honor for all that is accomplished in Jesus name amen Proverbs 30 verse number 12 
there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Our subject today for a few moments is a unwashed generation, a unwashed generation. I'm going to deal with three things the Lord would help me over the next few moments. I'm going to deal with deception, reality, and eternity. Deception, reality, and eternity. Currently, we find ourselves in a downward spiral as a nation. Much of the things that we're dealing with in the United States of America, if you notice, if you follow the world stage any at all, especially when it comes to a lot of the gender things that we're dealing with and the education that we're dealing with and, and, and just the, the very strategic attack that the enemy is doing, going after our children and the, the identity of men and women. Many other nations are not dealing with this issue. And I think that's ironic. There is many issues that they are dealing with, but they are not dealing with the issues that we are dealing with in the United States of America. Much due to the rebellious spirit that has went unchallenged in the church. You know, I, I think sometimes we, we get into this, uh, this realm of Western thinking because we are from the West, right? But when you start looking at the world stage and everybody starts talking about no matter what it is, but even at the end of, uh, of our journey, when, when the return of the Lord comes, people say, oh, it's going to be such havoc and, and all over the globe. Well, to a certain degree, that's true. But at the same time, you know, when you look at a Christian nation uh, and you have a large population of people that's serving the Lord, obviously you're going to miss millions of people on that glorious day. But at the same time, if you look at other nations such as Turkey, I can use that as an example, uh, depending on what number, it's really hard to get an actual number in Turkey, uh, but they say it could be 50 million, it could be 80 million people in, in Turkey. But also they say this, out of that number, let's just go with 50 million. Uh, if we out of that 50 million, they say you're lucky if you have 10,000 that are saved. So if 10,000 people go missing in a nation of 50 million, Everything's going to go on as it is because it's not really a big number missing. So I think we have to come into perspective and realize that, you know, it doesn't always look uh, the same uh, for others uh, as it may look for you. And you say, why do you say that? Is because can I tell you, we are a little different in the United States of America along with some because we are founding is different. Our structure is different. Our purpose is different. Uh, you've heard me teach and preach on this multiple times, uh, but the very essence of why we as a nation was created so that men could have a place to worship the one true God. And our founding fathers, while they were not perfect, but there was, a, there was a spiritual element to the founding. And when you go into the documents of our nation, you will find that there is a, a lot of unique things that will not be found in any other founding documents of a nation. Therefore, when we find ourselves going in a downward spiral such as we are in the United States, we need to awaken and realize why is it that we are dealing with what we're dealing with. And one former pastor and minister of the gospel some years ago simply made this statement that a nation will go the way that the pulpit goes. And it's very true. Much of the reasons uh, that we're dealing with what we're dealing with in the nation is not necessarily because of corrupt politicians and evil men. 
but it is because of men and women that was leading the church uh, in the generations before us that began to compromise and began to sell off a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And therefore, we began to set the stage and open the door for demonic influence to come back to a place that it had been removed from. Anybody with me so far this morning? It would appear that there are those that's among us, however, because of where we are, that they have lost all ability of, of rational decision-making. I say it that way because I want to sound a little nice, but if I just use plain English, they just, they just plumb crazy. But Proverbs 16 and 2 tells us this, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Can I remind you that we are spirit beings and we are only living in a temporal fleshly house. We're only here for a, for a moment. I know you, you worked on it to make it all pretty today, but this is, this is fading. Listen, it, it, it's, it's not like it was when I was 18. 18, I had hair. 18, I didn't have wrinkles. I, I, I tell you, it, it's just fading and and that, that's why just don't get too close. I, uh, you know, they're, they're, the car guys will appreciate this. I, I can walk by an automobile from 50 feet away and say, man, that looks nice. But then I get five feet away and say, man, that's rough. I look nice 50 feet away, but don't get five feet, man. I look rough. Please hear me because we're fading. Now, that has nothing to do with my message, but okay. But, uh, but here we are. We're in a place where... Where man thinks, oh, I, I'm, I've got it all together. And we're not the only ones that's ever found ourselves that way. If you was to read Luke chapter 18, verse 11, dealing with the Pharisees, notice how the Pharisees uh, behaved. This wasn't just out there, but this was in the temple. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself, saying, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men. Think about it. Lord, I'm glad I got it together, and Lord, I'm glad I'm not like them. I know none of you in this room has ever said that about anybody. So, but, but, it, but we won't go there today. But what we're doing right now in this nation is we're witnessing grown adults embrace some of the most demonic behavior of modern history. What is happening in this moment, most is failing to understand. And this is nothing more than that of a demonic kingdom trying to re-enter into a house that has been cleaned. But here's the problem. It's been left empty. You can read in your Bible and it says this, that the house was cleaned, but it was remained empty. But then that evil spirit comes back and found out that it was empty and then he went and got seven others and said, you know what? Just come with me. We're all going to live there. There is some things that has been removed from the United States of America at our founding. And there was a cleansing of it. And there were certain things that was dwelt there. And it began to be taken care of. But now, a little here and a little there and a little here and a little there. We began to remove and the house, meaning this house that used to house the spirit of God and the anointing of God. We now said, oh, we don't really need that here. So we began to make decisions. It's almost like a summer clean out. And what we did, we began to remove God here. We began to remove God here. And now our house is empty 
And now the enemy that could not come in because before it had somebody living in it, but now because the vessel is empty, he didn't just come by himself, but he went and got his friend. So we're not dealing with one demonic thing, but we're dealing with many demonic things. Uh, and they're trying to take up residence. And can I tell you, when, when, when certain things move in, it changes the landscape of the community. I heard one individual in the secular world talking about what was taking place and he mentioned this and, and I thought this is a really good analogy. He said it's almost like uh, having grandma and grandpa live next door and, and they're retired, don't have a lot going on so their, their, their lawn is manicured, their, their shrubs are perfect, uh, their car is a 1970 Studebaker or what have you but it's polished, it looks brand new. But guess what, they died and now somebody else bought their property property and somebody else moved in and now the grass isn't cut and the trees aren't uh, trimmed and, and the car is now up on blocks and now it's changed the whole demeanor of the neighborhood because something new moved in. I'm going somewhere. And because of this, that which has moved in is creating and has given birth to a generation that is now confused we have learned men and women walking blinded by the kingdom of darkness intelligent people but yet they're blinded what am I talking about today is simply this deception deception is ruling the day right is wrong and wrong is right I know this may be hard for some of us to grasp this morning, but those that are pushing the radical agenda of our nation this morning and this radical realm of ideals, uh, can I tell you this? They really believe they're right. And they are operating under a spirit of Jezebel as well as other demonic spirits, uh, and they have given themselves over to the rule of the kingdom of darkness. However, while they're doing that, many of them are still going through the religious rituals and they believe that they are pure all the while they are wrapped in filthy garments. Can I take you back to Proverbs 30 and 12? There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. But Titus, if you go to chapter one, you will find that there's some things to be said concerning this. For there are many, tell your neighbor many, there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. But this is what's alarming, especially they of the circumcision. Think about it. Whose mouths must be stopped. Oh, you're meddling now, preacher. Who corrupts whole houses, teaching things, which they ought not. Notice with me, if you go to verse 15, verse 16, it goes on. To the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. But notice verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, been abominable and disobedient unto every good work, they are reprobate. One may ask, how did they end up in this condition? For most, it started such as this. It started out so small. A little here, 
a little there. Just one lie. Just one compromise. Just one visit. Just one meeting. And the list goes on and on and on. With this thought in mind, I can handle it. I'll only go so far. Failing to understand the enemy of their soul was setting a snare for them. But Paul, in his writing, he writes a letter in 2 Thessalonians 2, and notice what he says, especially when he's writing to the church here. He says in verse number 2, Don't be soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor word nor by letter. But he goes on to simply say, because there's coming a day, there's coming a time in the future. And we understand that the mystery of iniquity already does work in verse number seven, he says. But he says, there's coming a day that there's going to be a releasing of this thing and it's going to begin to move. And he that's coming and operating, and we know this, he's dealing and talking about the, the Antichrist. And we also vote through scripture that says the spirit of Antichrist is already here, meaning it's already moving and operating and it's intensifying, especially in this hour. But when he comes and he's working and working the work of Satan, you find in verse 9 through 12, and notice it says, and there will be power and signs and lying wonders that come after him. And for this cause, get this in verse 11, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now I could stop and preach right here, but I got a lot more to do. But I want to pause here for a moment and tell you, that what we're dealing with right now, the enemy thinks, oh, I'm doing what I want to do and I'm getting that. Listen, God is allowing certain things to happen and they're under a strong delusion. And the problem with this is uh, that there is men and women that is believing a lie, not just out there, but even in settings such as this. And I want you to understand with me uh, that there is, a, there is a spirit of deception that is in full operation. And I need to remind you today that this is not a time to worry about man canceling you if you speak up or stand up. But this is a time for you and I to realize what Paul said. We are to put on the whole armor of God because we are not fighting against flesh and blood. But we are fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, notice with me, uh, we have a responsibility. He says, contend uh, for the faith. Uh, occupy till I come. Uh, that means we don't get to sit down and say, well, I hope I make it to glory one day. You know? No, it means that we're in a season right now where we got to fight for a generation uh, because there is a generation been led to believe that they are pure while they are still wrapped in filthy garments. You hear me this morning. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord, they shall be safe. How many wants your children to be safe? How many wants your grandchildren to be safe? There's only safe place there is, uh, is not in your yard under a, a six foot chain link fence. No, no, no. I'm talking about a real safe place uh, is when they're in the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, when he's leading them, guiding them and directing them. Uh, but they will never get there unless you lead them there. Please hear me. Our Bible reveals to us that our adversary has only one motive. John chapter 10, verse number 10. Most of you probably can quote this scripture. Uh, the thief cometh not but to what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his goal. That's his, uh, that, that's his desire this morning for every one of us in this room. 
But however, for you and I, men and women of God, we are given instructions in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. He tells us two things. We are to be sober and we are to be vigilant. What's that really mean? It means to be serious and it means to be aware. I want to ask the question, how serious are we about our relationship? How serious are we about saving a nation? How serious are we about reaching a generation? How serious are we when it comes to realizing uh, that the enemy is running without very little resistance whatsoever through our communities? How serious are we? And how vigilant are we? We can currently see the results of the enemy's action because deception has become the new accepted culture of the day. And if you speak against it, yes, you will be one that is faced with resistance. However, this brings me to the reality. No matter how deceived a society may become, it does not alter the truth. Truth is truth. No matter what men say or do, doesn't matter how you and I may even interpret something, truth is truth. But in order for truth to be uncovered, one must go to the source of truth. John chapter 1, most of you probably are familiar with this passage, the first four verses. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's truth. Does it matter what people say today? Does it matter that men are saying that there is many ways to heaven? Please hear me this morning. The psalmist had revelation in Psalms 119 verse 30. He said, I have chosen the way of truth. This tells us there's many ways, but there's only one way that is true. He says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Jesus himself, when he comes on the scene, notice what he says, John 14 and 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John eleven twenty five. 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 10 and 9, he simply says, I am the door. And by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find, get this, he will find rest or peace and he will find pasture. Meaning this, he will find what he needs to live. Notice, there are just a few examples. These are just a few examples of the real source of truth. Which brings me Back to Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Can I read that again? Every word of God is pure. Why is it pure? Because it's truth. But notice, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Can I tell you, if you are putting your faith and trust in the Lord, you don't have to be filled with anxiety and worry this morning. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us, it means this. No matter where I find myself, I'm okay. 
If I'm on the mountain, I'm okay. If I'm in the valley, I'm okay. If the enemy is raging in my life, it's okay because he is a shield unto me and I can trust him. Has he been good to anybody in this room? But it goes on. It doesn't stop there. But then there's a word of warning. Add thou not unto his word. Can I tell you that you can have the greatest recipe and you can have it mastered. But somebody walk in your kitchen when you're fixing that wonderful thing that everybody loves and just raves about. Let somebody walk in and just put a little dab of something that don't belong and it alters everything. Currently, we are not just dealing with a blinded, deceived, and ruthless portion of our society. But we are dealing with, Lord help me Jesus. But we are dealing with immature, reckless, unconcerned, selfish, career-seeking, and I'm going to go ahead and go there this morning, unsaved and backslidden individuals standing and sitting in the church as well as operating and holding positions in the church all the while adding their words to the word of truth. And here's the reality. God does not need men to add their spin to his word. I got to remind us, Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Luke 16 and 17 says, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Here's what I want to say to you. No matter how much you resist this truth, no matter how much you say, I wish it said something else, it doesn't change it. And truth, don't miss this, is his word. Because he is a man that he cannot lie. His truth is his word, and it is his word that is under attack. But I stand today without hesitation, and I tell every one of us, that unless a man or a woman submits to his word, there will be no life in them. No matter how much they pretend that there's life. But here's what I want us to understand. Every one of us are currently living and dwelling in a temporal house. And this temporal house is flesh. And this flesh is always going to war against the truth. Because we was born in a fallen nature, and therefore that's why the Bible very clear says that we must be born again. But just because we're born again does not mean that we get to move out of this corrupt fleshly house. But it means that then we have to do what Romans 12 tells us, that we cannot be conformed to this world, but we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind, meaning this, that we have to make ourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord. How do we do that? By bringing this flesh under subjection. Now, I'm going to be transparent and real with you this morning. There is things in the word of God that is there. It's in black and white. It is truth, and my flesh don't like it. 
So my flesh is in a war with my spirit. Now, y'all more sanctified and spiritual than me, obviously, but that's okay. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Listen, I, I'm, not a, I'm not ashamed to say that. But there's some things that, that your flesh says, you know, really, it, but the, the, the enemy sitting there, eh, that'd be all right, it'd be all right, it'd be all right. It's not all right because what you're doing is you're trying to add to the word of truth. God says, don't let it be named among you. Now, I've, seen, I've listened to a lot of preaching this week. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it messed me up. I heard a lot of good things, but I heard a lot of foolish things. And I don't have much of an appetite for foolish things. And you all are intelligent enough individuals, but I'm going to tell you something. If somebody is just giving you garbage, don't eat it. Because that's what's happening. Give it the litmus test. Take it back to the word of the Lord and say, is this right? Is this real? If it is, eat it. If not, throw it in the trash. Because we've got a lot of people that's in ministry today. And this may sound bad, but I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to be real and honest with you. There is a lot of people looking for a name for themselves. They want to be the next greatest thing. Uh, they're, they're trying to build a platform uh, and they're wanting everybody to like them. Uh, and, and I got to be relevant. I got to be better than the guy before me and I got to be better than the guy before him. Uh, so therefore, I got to have a cliche. Uh, I, I got to have a line. Uh, I got to bring some humor. Uh, I, I've got to do this, this, this. No, 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 no. I got to tell you uh, what happens behind this sacred desk in this house or any other house uh, is the most serious thing that could ever be done and taught. Uh, and I got to tell somebody this morning, uh, you, 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 I, I may not be your favorite and that's fine, uh, but I'm going to tell you something to the best of my ability. Uh, I'm going to give you what the Lord says. Uh, I'm not going to give you Ron's flavor or Ron's style. Uh, listen, uh, I, I want you to like me because then you listen, but at the same time, uh, that's not my motive. Uh, I'm not going to, listen, uh, there's something that we have to come back to and that is this. Uh, listen, Listen, people aren't going to get saved when you simply tell them, oh, give your neighbor a high five, and that's 50% of your message. Uh, listen, uh, when you start walking around saying, oh, precious, and oh, precious, and listen, I, I, I know God's precious, but listen, I, I don't need to hear all of this other garbage, uh, but what is God saying? Because while we're being cute, and even while we're being vulgar now, because, well, we got to be relevant to society. And, and I tell you, now we've got preachers, uh, if you want to call them that, uh, that is contaminating uh, the house of God in such a manner uh, that they're bringing king-size beds and putting it on their, on their platform and sitting on the edge of the bed with their wife uh, and talking about things that should never be talked about in that setting. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, listen, I, I'm going to be real with you today. Uh, what we're doing is we're adding to the word of truth uh, and we're trying to make people think we're relevant and that we're on cutting edge. Uh, listen, uh, I don't need to be cutting edge. Uh, I need to be truthful. Uh, and I want you to understand uh, there's a spirit of deception in the house, uh, not just out there, but in here. Uh, and everybody's saying, well, I can be okay right now. But listen, uh, when the word of the Lord says it's sin, it's still sin. Uh, listen, it don't matter how many attaboys you get from everybody else. Uh, I, if, if I come in here and tell you uh, that God has given me something to give you, uh, I will do my best to give it to you 
and it's an authentic form. Uh, but listen, uh, when I start manipulating and adding and taking away from, uh, I'm giving you something that's contaminated that's not worth having. Uh, but listen, uh, I listened this week as men and women stood in platforms uh, and began to declare things uh, that, that isn't even biblical. Uh, but then I see people began to applaud and dance and shout uh, and carry on. Uh, we are missing it, folks. Deception and the reality of our day. I sat in a church service with a couple of gentlemen in this church with me uh, this week. Uh, and we sat in the back uh, and I saw a row of teenage girls. Uh, they were sitting there. Uh, teenage girls. I'm not talking about uh, seven-year-old girls, but teenage girls. Uh, they turned to each other uh, and they started patty-caking each other. Just doing their thing. Worship going. Not paying a bit of attention. Somebody leaned over and said, Where's their parents? I said, they ain't here. And I said, they by themselves. But I said, you wait. I said, they're not paying any attention. But I said, when this music gets up to the next level, I said, you watch. They're going to stand and they're going to begin to shout. They're going to begin to dance. And I said, in a few minutes, you'll see them down at the altar and they'll be weeping and crying and they won't even know why they're there. It's all emotion. Less than three minutes. All of a sudden, a whole roll of teenage girls get up and they start doing this and then they start doing this and then they start talking to each other and laughing. Am I telling the truth, Chris? And then all of a sudden they sit back down, not paying a bit of attention. Altar comes, somebody comes over, hits them on the shoulder, go pray. Look, no, don't wanna go. Yeah, we'll go. So then they're laughing, walking down the center aisle. They get down, get this. They get to the front of the building. All of a sudden, other kids are down there. Here's what happens. Oh, God is moving on these young people. Deception and the reality. We have an unwashed generation, but they're sitting, not just in the world, but in the house of God. And they're gonna die and go to hell because we are too concerned about our popularity and about our numbers Instead of focusing on eternity and getting people to understand that not everybody is on their way to glory. Why is it that we're seeing what we're seeing amongst believers? No joy, no peace, no rest. Always searching for something else to please their fleshly desire. Can I be real with you? Another relationship isn't going to fix your problem. Divorcing your husband to go find another husband is not going to fix your problem. Shooting it up, snorting it up, smoking it up, drinking it up isn't going to fix your problem. Oh, but I can do that now. Listen, it's okay if I socially drink. I, I'm not getting drunk. The Bible says don't get drunk. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you're operating in a place of delusion, and it's a spirit of deception, uh, and the enemy's trying to get you from a reality where God says uh, that only the holy will enter in. Now, I, I know you don't build a church like this, but listen, I'm not necessarily concerned about building a church of 500 or 5,000 or whatever. If that happens, so be it. But what I am concerned is about pulling one more person from the pits of hell and saying, devil, you can't have this one. I don't care how many 
sister altogether lovely tells you, honey, it's not that bad. It'll be okay. No, if the Bible says no, it's no. If he says yes, it's yes. I'm not being mean this morning, but I love you enough to tell you that it's not enough to walk around with a lamp, but you gotta walk around with some oil in that lamp. Can I remind you of Matthew chapter 25? I'm gonna jump ahead because I, I don't have time to do this and you all, you all probably wanna come back if I, if I do all of it. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, Matthew 25, it says that there was 10 virgins uh, and they all took their lamps uh, and there was five of them that was wise and five of them was foolish. Uh, listen, uh, I'm not calling anybody a fool this morning, uh, but maybe I will because if you're walking around thinking a lamp with, any, with no oil in it uh, is gonna brighten up your area, you foolish. Can I tell you, the oil is what makes the flame not flicker but burn. Uh, and I don't need no flickering flames, uh, but I need some people to burn because God's called us to be a light uh, in a dark world. Uh, we are to be a city set on a hill, uh, and we can't do that if we're under deception, uh, and we can't do that if we're in a false reality. Uh, but when somebody understands that life is only in Jesus, uh, it changes everything. Oh, I, I, I feel my help, and I, I only got a few minutes, uh, but I feel the preacher coming on. Can I tell you, it's time to not focus on deception and the false reality, but we got to focus on eternity. Uh, there is no focus on eternity right now, uh, but can I tell you, every one of us is going to go there. And we're going to step into eternity very quickly. You're fading. I'm not going to talk about Tootsie Rose today, but I'll just tell you this way. You're fading. Tell your neighbor, say, you're fading. Don't be offended. You're fading. You're fading. That shouldn't be a scary thing. It should be a glorious thing. It means I'm, I'm nearing home. Don't... I, there's a problem because this morning, I, I had a few moments in this morning, I went and I sat down. I, that, that's not a piano. I, I sat in the other room at the old piano that's out of tune now, but, but I sat down in, at that piano and I began to, began to play and I had to, I had to go old school for a few moments and, and, and nobody's around. And, but man, men, men, Jesus, I, I just, what a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. Look, when I look up on his face, the one who saved me by his grace, can I tell you, it's not a bad thing. Listen, the only way you can really get this concept of eternity is, listen, if you've ever ran any distance at all, you're like, man, used to I run my, my legs. Listen, I'm fading. My, my, my knees don't operate like they should, and I miss it a little bit. I know that sounds crazy for some, but, but you know, you get out and, and, and you'd run three miles or five miles, and, and, and you'd like it, but that first mile is always kind of rough, especially if you ate not so well the night before. And, and, and it takes you a mile to kind of get everything moving. And, and when you get after that mile, it's like, okay, this is good. But then you get down to that, you're in that final stretch and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm almost done. You begin to get excited. All right, I can go get my Reese cup and my, my Mountain Dew. I'm almost done. You know, you, you feel that excitement. So, so when you're fading, it's like, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. It's like, I'm nearing home. And some of you in this room, you're starting to get into that stage where, you know, we didn't understand it before, but now we do. 
I start looking. How many friends, how many loved ones that has gone on before me? Listen, what a time we're going to have. So I'm not too, too concerned about fading. But what I'm concerned about is that the rest of my days, they got to be productive days. Please hear me. I want you to, want you to hear me. James chapter 4 verse number 14 tells us, whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. And then what? It vanishes away. One old preacher made this quote. I'll paraphrase it. He simply says, run after God with everything in you. Preach the gospel. Die and be forgotten. He was like, that's awful. We got to leave a legacy. We got to, listen, the only legacy we need to leave is Jesus. Don't build a statue in our, in our honor. Build a statue in his armor. Because see, if you remember me and forget him, what a waste. But if you forget me and remember him, oh, what a gain. You say, but, but my flesh likes what I'm doing and I'm comfortable. No, 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 listen, you need to understand. If they come to the music this morning, Romans chapter 14, it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Why are we so concerned about the approval of men when men doesn't have the final say? Every one of us will bow and we will worship and we will give an account. And based upon what takes place in that moment, it's going to determine where you spend eternity. There are men and women that's sitting in houses of worship this morning that's sitting in sin. And the leadership of those houses are going to tell them that they're okay where they are. And those leaders will have blood on their hands as they stand before the Lord. I'm not here to make it hard and difficult. I'm going to tell you something. It's not really hard to serve the Lord. You know when it's hard to serve the Lord? is when you're not in relationship with Him. Stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. It's going to be impossible for you to serve the Lord. But you stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Spend time in Him. Worship His name. It's an enjoyable way to live. I don't focus on list of do's and don'ts. I focus on the relationship. God, what is it that needs to happen in my life? Because I can tell you this, the things that I have given up in my life has only made way for better things. He doesn't disappoint. He just continues to blow my mind. I find myself sitting in rooms that I should not sit in.
I find myself in conversations and calls that I should not be in. I find myself sitting in places where I feel completely inadequate and saying, listen, I'm the dumbest person in the room, but guess what? That's fine with me because I've learned that if everybody is more intelligent and more blessed, uh, that means this, I'm just getting pulled up higher. So I'm not, I'm learning not to be intimidated, but still I'm telling you, sometimes you find yourself sitting and it's all because of God. Not because I'm perfect. Lord knows I'm not. Talk to Debbie, she'll tell you. I'm not perfect. I fall. I have bad days. I get frustrated. I have my challenges. But as I was preparing, as the Lord has been dealing with my heart this week, I found myself walking and crying and saying, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. But because of that humility, it's not a false humility, but because of honor and understanding the value of humility and surrendering and yielding to him, I can stand here today and tell you, not by any good deed that I've done, but I'm washed in his blood. But there is countless men and women and young men and women and children that they think they're okay this morning, but they're still wrapped in filthy garments. Deception is running wild. False reality has been presented and eternity has been ignored. But today, can I give you just these these little nuggets from the word of the Lord in Psalms 1830 as for God his way is perfect the word of the Lord is tried he is a buckler to all those that trust in him your future is bright if you understand Psalms 18 and 30 Psalms 84 and 11 for the Lord God is a sun and a shield The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Your future's bright if you understand Psalms 84 and 11. I want to make this as clear as I can this morning in closing. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33 there is confusion in your life this morning you need to hear this for God is not the author of confusion but he is the author of peace as in all churches of the saints your life should be filled with peace this morning if your life is not filled with peace that doesn't mean that you're not going through stuff but listen going through stuff you can still have peace But if there is no peace present in your life this morning, it means this, you're letting somebody else write your story besides God. You say, how can you say that? It's because if you go to Hebrews 5 and verse 9, 
says have been made perfect, he, talking about Jesus, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Here's what it is. It's a life of surrender. It's a life of obedience. But there's some things this morning that we need to be aware of. If you continue to read Hebrews 5 and you read verses 10 through 14. He says he comes after the high priest of the order of Melchizedek and he says of whom... We have many things to say. There's many things I could say to you today. And there's some things that's hard to be understood. And they're hard to be understood because you're dull of hearing. Because you're letting somebody else write your story. But in verse 12 it says, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one still teach you because which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are because such you're still in need of milk and you you can't handle strong meat because, because we continue to be in this place of false reality that, well, I don't have to mature and grow. I don't have to develop. I can just do what I've always done. Please hear me. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. There's good and evil right now. But if you're not letting him write your story, you're going to have a real hard time discerning what is good and evil. Because your adversary, he is the master of deception. But I want you to hear this preacher this morning. There is no excuse for ignorance. God has given us a government in his word and through his word. He has given us giftings through the Holy Spirit. There should be development. When you look at your life, When you look a year ago, you should be at a higher level than you was a year ago. You look five years ago, you should be on a higher level than you was five years ago, spiritually, in every area of your life. Because hear me, if you are applying the principles of God's word, and this may may make some of you uncomfortable, but please hear me. If you are applying the principles of God's word, which is truth, it breaks every stronghold off your life. stronghold of poverty should be broken off your life the stronghold of deception and fear should be broken off your life anxiety should not have a place amongst you listen I don't expect little Jackson to behave like Gavin He's in a process of developing a training. He's going to walk different, going to talk different. 
So I, I'm not saying that somebody that's a babe in Christ is at the same level of somebody that served God 20 years. I understand that. But it's a progression. It's a work. Men will tell you, oh, you don't need to do this. And, well, you need to do that. And, but no, I, here's what I'm telling you. Don't do what I tell you to do. Do what God says to do. And you'll walk blessed. You'll walk in health. You'll walk in strength. And you'll walk in a manner where you're a worse generation. And you won't be wearing filthy garments. But you'll have on a robe of righteousness. And you will walk with power and authority. And signs and wonders will follow you all the days of your life. Along with goodness and mercy. But the question is, can you and I authentically sing, I am washed in the blood of the Lamb? Because that's where it begins. As we stand all over the house this morning. How do you end such a teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it today? I, I don't really know. Other than this, there's a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. And we understand that a sinner man or sinner woman is going to do what they're going to do until they find Jesus. That's why we have to go to them in love and show them the way. But when we read in Titus, we also understand this. There are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Many of this are still a problem even amongst the general assembly of the church. And this isn't my words, but this is the word of the Lord. And this is what I'm going to declare today. And I'm not saying that it's happening here because I, I, I'm just saying that this is a, as a statement concerning the church. Here's what I am saying. Those that are many that are unruly and vain talkers and deceivers within the assembly of the church, I'm going to tell you verse 11, they must be stopped because they're corrupting the house. They're teaching things which they should not teach. They're saying things that they should not say. They're involved in things they should not do. They're undermining. They're undercutting. I've had to really gauge myself this week. Because I'm going to tell you something. I understand that we're to be spirit-led, and I, 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 I get all of that. But I'm also understanding this. There's a level of professionalism that is lost in the church. And I'm not trying to structure anything out of anything. I'm going to tell you something. We're representing the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is worthy to be honored in such a manner. We come in haphazardly. We don't pray before we sing. We don't pray before we preach, teach. We go to the classroom, try to teach the next generation, having even spent an hour and getting a lesson prepared, and then wondering why they don't want to be in there want to blame it on a curriculum or blame it on this or well they're this or they're that no listen when the anointing of the God is in the room things change in the room but there is no anointing unless there's preparation 
You've heard me say for years, preparation precedes blessings. Listen, we're dealing with eternity. I'm not dealing, listen, I'm not against sports and any of those types of things. Listen, I'm all for it. But I'm here to tell you, your kids are going to do things for five years, ten years, eight years, whatever it is in their school career, and then it's over. But we'll put all of our energy, all of our resources into that and think, oh man, this is important. And it is important for them. But then we have that same approach towards everything else except for the kingdom of God, which is eternal. And then we say, well, I wish my church was this, or I wish my church was that. Or I wish we'd do this, or we'll do that. And then somebody will raise their hand and say, preacher, we want to do this. But then three months later, when they realize there's work involved, well, I don't want to do that. Smile. Listen, you think it's going to be easy trying to pull a generation from the pits of hell when the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy them? He ain't going to just walk away because you showed up. The enemy has the attention of your children and your grandchildren for hours every week and you have no idea what they've watched, but yet then you want to blame the preacher that they don't want to have anything to do with church. Shame on you. Well, if my preacher was more anointed, my kid would be excited about being in the house of God. If you would, no, 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 don't go there, Ron. I've got to be nice. Listen, I love you this morning. And we're going to have fun. We're going to do life together. But I don't want to just do life together here. But I'd like to walk the streets of God, arm in arm. I'd like to see you and your children, your children's children, in eternity. happens if we're washed listen I'm not beating up a generation it's not their fault it's our fault because we give them to the world it's our fault listen this is exciting I'm not offering you a pizza party if you want pizza I'll buy you pizza I don't have a pizza party to offer you That's boring to me. I'm offering you the nations of the world. Now mamas and daddies said, don't you dare talk to my kid. Listen, it's exciting. Be a world changer. Be involved. You enjoyed washing feet yesterday. You never thought you'd enjoy washing feet, did you? You enjoyed that yesterday. Because why? He's touching people. I only do that one day a year when you can do it every day of your life oh but preacher I just can't afford it okay I'll buy you a plane ticket where you want to go no excuses but God's put this thing in my heart then do it he wants me to reach a world then do it because there's a generation that's not been washed but you and I Take them by the hand and lead them into the presence of God. And they can take their skill, their gifting, their talent, and they can change a world.
Listen, my friend, Dr. Andy, he's not a preacher. He's not a teacher. He's not a singer. He's a doctor. But because him and his wife is willing to say go, there's a baby alive today because they was willing to work at 100 degrees, give of their time and their resources. There's a young lady today alive in Belize because a little over a year ago when we was there in Belize City, a young girl walked in and told Vanessa, I tried to take my life. I drank poison. What do I need to do? Not only did we talk to her, but then these ladies and Derek and myself, we gathered around her and loved on her and prayed for her. She's living today because somebody cared. Because somebody understood the importance. She needs to be washed. I wonder if there's anybody in this room. I know we got things to do today, but all that stuff, that's all, that's all stuff that's not in near as important about what God is saying right now to your heart saying are you washed are you washed are you washed if you're under the sound of my voice today and you say I don't know if I'm washed or not or you'd say you know what I, I, I gave my heart to the Lord but I've been walking and doing everything else except for what God's put in my heart to do and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do this thing and I don't even know where I'm at if that's you listen there is no judgment here there's nothing but love and compassion. And here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for you today if that's you before we leave. Because I'm going to tell you something. You need to be washed. I don't want you living in sin. I don't want you to live with a corrupt mind. I don't want you to live in a state of depression, anxiety. Listen, if those things are trying to make entry in your life, if there's doubt and confusion, listen, I want you to step from your seat today and I want you to come and join me right now, right now. Because I'm going to pray that you're going to walk out of here with a peace and a rest not that I have but that he has that you can have this morning I'm not saying you're not saved this morning but I'm telling you there's more listen it's not my it's not my responsibility to put anybody anywhere it's my responsibility to deliver the word of the Lord and I'm here to tell you this morning God has something more for you I'm thankful you prayed when you was 8 years old but what are, are you in a relationship now Is there a passion now? Is there a burning now? Is there an urgency now? If you're under the sound of our voice, I want you to come as she begins to sing. If you'd say, would you pray for me, preacher? Would you pray for me? Maybe you're just weary. Maybe you're trying to find some direction and guidance. Don't know where to go from here. You say, Lord, I I need some direction and guidance. I want you to come right now. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead, but I'm giving you the invitation. If nobody's coming, that's fine. I did what I was supposed to do today. But I'm giving you an opportunity just for the Lord to minister to you today. Won't you come? Won't you come? Pastor Jade here. I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And we'll see you again soon. We love you. So does God.